Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode of the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast, I feature Khalif Tahir Thompson. He is best recognized for his powerful work concentrated in portraiture and figuration. Incorporating painting, drawing, collage, printmaking, and papermaking into his practice, he explores notions of self through varied subjectivity concerning identity, race, iconography, as well as family and relationships. Recently, he graduated from Purchase College with his Bachelor's in Fine Arts. He also recently completed a fellowship at the EFA Robert Blackburn Prick Making Workshop in New York City, the Vermont Studio Center, and the Jerome Emerging Artist Residency at the Anderson Center. Khalif is currently represented by Black Art in America. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast and enjoy this episode featuring Khalif Thompson. Khalif, thank you so much for joining me on my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, yes. So let's start with the biggest question and the most important one is that is, when did you discover your artistic passion? Um, that, I mean, oh, I said I'm already. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, it, I started very early in my childhood because it was around four years old that at the earliest I can remember, you know, drawing a lot and wanting it to like be on my fridge, you know, my, my uh, refrigerator in my house. I remember I drew Scooby-Doo, um, the cartoon and I did it and did it until I got it right. And then I was so proud of it. And my mom put it in the refrigerator and I was super happy. And that's when I was like, you know, I think I have a, ta- a talent with that. But it was like, um, like all my family did art in some way. You know, my brothers, um, I have one, two older brothers, one six years older than me and one eight years. Um, when I was uh, in like, a, you know, elementary school, you know, they were in high school and stuff. And they went to Brooklyn High School of the Arts and they um, majored in fine arts. So they always were drawing, you know, the figure studies. Like I didn't even know what I was looking at. I just knew I was looking at nude figures, which I thought was pretty controversial, but um, I thought they were beautiful. I thought um, like the the figure was beautiful and I love portraiture. Sorry, that's my phone. And I was just, you know, really just, you know, enthralled by like the technique in the in the medium just like with uh drawing you know i started out with drawing i oh i never i never was really painted before um you know and uh actually until it's about to come up to 10 years since i started painting um 
but before that I was um, really, you know, I loved drawing. I just literally loved, and they used to draw from, you know, Da Vinci and Michelangelo and a lot of their studies, they, they always brought home and I would get in trouble too, cause I would steal them so I could copy them. I would like draw a copy their drawings, like with their own paper and they would get really upset. Cause sometimes I would bend a corner or, you know, accidentally crumple a little bit. And, uh, they were not too happy, but I knew that I was really passionate then. Cause I was willing to take the, the, the beating from my friend. So it's your it's in your genes to be an artist. So what made you decide to start painting? You said 10 years ago. Yeah, I was in high school. Um, I went to LaGuardia High School of Music and Art um, for uh, uh, I was there um, in 2009 until 2013. And it was 2011 that I started painting. So before that, I mean, I wasn't um, I'd never had really any like real training in, in that in that sense. I mean, I was always involved with programs. I do remember I did an FIT program and I did um, a few programs. I got uh, a scholarships at the Brooklyn Museum of Art for to, uh, for some of their, ch- ch- you know, I think they have, a, I forgot what they call it, but you know, the child, um, children um, scholarship, you know, art workshop classes mm-hmm. where they have you come to the museum and they you sit on that, uh, I think it was the second floor. Um, and you, they, you know, give you materials and they just, you know, you have fun um, making stuff. But it was, um, it wasn't until I was introduced to, I, I took, I think, an advanced painting course. It was weird because I didn't paint before, but I went into the advanced painting course. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, that's when I was discovered oil. Before that, it was acrylic and I really didn't like it. I mean, I, I, I just didn't take to it as well. So when I got to oil, it was, you know, um, I just really connected to that medium. Something with the, you know, um, it just, my hand just, you know, my first painting uh, was of Amy Winehouse, actually. Love <laughs> she had her music. <laughs> yeah, I love her music too. And I, that, uh, a, a lot of the time, it was a lot of musical artists, like I was drawing or, you know, I would just... Um, do that in my sketchbook, you know, and like uh, different actors. I remember I, I did a couple of drawings of Elizabeth Taylor. Like I was very, um, with, I, I really liked uh, like drawing entertainers and stuff. Do you listen to music while you're working? Oh, for sure. I'm a huge music person. A typical of my sign being Libra. We just love music for all occasions. <laughs> and art is no different. I mean, the, the my, but I gotta say in the last few years, in terms of the, you know, because, yeah, when you're working hours and hours, you got to have, you know, um, before I, I like to listen to, like, you know, more, like, you know, vocalists. And like, I listen to a lot of, you know, Amy Winehouse, Nina Simone, um, Etta James, like a lot of soul artists um, like that. And then but recently, since um, I've been having the opportunity to work longer and on more projects, I've had to switch to more jazz musicians. So I've been listening to a lot of, um, you know, Monk and um, Miles Davis and Chet Baker, because they their music can just go on and on and on and they get you into a groove. And it really helps, one, um, you not focus on the fact that you're working on in one area of the canvas for hours. Um, it just makes it feel like uh, you're just in that moment, you know, you're just, you know, create. it, it, it only uh, strengthens the creative, like, energy in the room. It really does. I, I, I love working with music. Yeah, just, music is magical in its own way. So other than your brothers, what artists influenced you? 
I mean, that I, I, got, I would think in terms of um, the work I'm creating now, um, that definitely once I went to, uh, I got my, my bachelor's in fine arts in, um, at Purchase College. And that was just, I graduated in 2018, so about almost four years ago. Um, but it was in those years that I got like a real, you know, I, like I found a great community that I, I wasn't, you know, privy to before. And I think I went to the first, the first like, you know, uh, what I saw as like this black art showcase was was, was the Kehinde Wiley show um, in 2015. And that was um, at Brooklyn Museum. And I, re I remember being just like, wow. You know, like it was like flamboyant, you know, I'm I, as a black queer been myself, you know, and in college, you know, a lot of my work, it was um, I never uh, thought about painting or having my work center around black lives and black um, individuals and um, centrally um, focused on that. It was more so I was I was a fan of all arts. I was painting, you know whatever, you know, came to mind or what I, I felt like painting. But there I really, with all the black figures and all the ornateness, I'm a real fan of like, you know, grandeur and, you know, um, moldings and ornate, you know, um, Baroque, you know, French, you know, it was just like, it was very um, ornate and grand, you know, and very over the top, you know, and to see that from a black queer artist, I mean, that was like a big thing where I was like, okay, like, you know, I saw, I, I saw myself, you know, cause before that I was like, you know, it was loose footing really. I was working, but it, it wasn't, um, it, was, it was, again, it was just the passion really going, driving me. I never um, saw myself really, um, you know, um, at that point, like, you know, in certain spaces, you know, um, and to that scale. So that was my kind where I was like the first in terms of my, the career aspect of it. He was a great influence for that. And also, you know, finding the, the power in black representation. I found like, you know, um, I found more meaning in my own life um, and my own, you know, my own family, my own communities that I could put into the work and it be powerful in that way. Um, and again, it's very, it's home to me. So, um, so he was like, you know, um, I think for that. And then um, it was obviously the Carrie James Marshall show, Mastery, yes. um, at the Met Brewer. That was another one. Me and my class went there. And again, I was just taken back. He was a really big um, influence um, at that point in terms of his modes of working. I remember just really enjoying how much fun he um, and technique, he has fun. He has fun with his talent, you know. He he doesn't. There's no boundaries. He can do whatever. So he was like a real. Because before I was the like, I felt a bit more constricted, you know. I think I I'm a pretty I'm a pretty slow learner in terms of like you know, opening myself up to different things and experimentations. You know, I I try not to be so bridled, and um, I'm always trying to expand. And so Carrie James Marshall was like, you know, he just you know, he, he did everything. I mean, he was, he was um, working in the sculpture and printmaking. He was using silkscreen and paintings. I had never seen that. And he just was, you know, doing it so, you know, flawlessly. I was like, you know, I was like, he's, you know, he's, he's doing it. And I was like, I would love to do something like this, you know, to this scale. I was like, I, I would love to push myself and train hard enough to, you know, um, you know, put out that level of, you know, just 
excellence. I mean, it was mastery. It was it was definitely rightfully titled. <laughs> yeah, both of them are wonderful artists. And I love their use of color. And on that note, I love your use of color. Your work is very uplifting. Was it after seeing those shows that you decided to use the palette and the colors that you do? Um, I, I, that, that was more organic, actually. I always had, uh, I always loved, you know, earth tones, saturated colors. You know, I also love muted colors, but, you know, in terms of um, my, the choices, that did come natural, you know, in terms, I, I, I was a big fan of, you know, I used to always love, I, like I said about the workshop at FIT, it was the first time where I was collaging with like <clears throat> different things out of magazines and just putting colors together. And like, I love bold colors and, and, and um, you know, earthy tones and things that are warm and inviting. And like you said, uplifting, you know, that, that just comes, that came naturally to me. But in terms of form though, I would say how I could use form and color in conjunction. Cause before it was very much, you know, uh, a color kind of took a more um, decorative kind of, you know, aspect in, the, in my work. And it wasn't, I've been learning how to use color strategically, like I saw in a lot of um, their work. So it was kind of like, you know, it was just strengthening my use of color, my color theory, you know. And yeah, it's definitely, I'm I'm still, uh, I really, I love color. I mean, especially pattern, color, all of it. I love color field paintings. A lot of, I take a lot of inspiration from that. Stanley Whitney, obviously, like, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of their color definitely has, color choices have influenced me, but, you know, I think it's just like an aesthetic thing, you know, it just kind of comes naturally. Like my mom, these are colors that, you know, my mom would wear, um, that just, you know, felt home. That felt like, you know, that, that just resonated with me. That's great. When, when do the titles of your paintings enter the creative process? They can start before or after. I like to have fun with titles and I, you know, in terms of like, I'm pretty indecisive. So it's kind of like, I wish, you know, sometimes titles definitely change <laughs> about um, Siesta on Lexington. You know, sometimes they, um, I start off with the, with the title. I remember for the Nina Simone work I did, I, I, I wanted to do it because I love, there was a song that I always was listening to again with the music. It was like, it was called Beautiful Land. But for a long time, I didn't know the title because it was on um, on Alexa. So I would always forget to go check. And I forgot you could just look that up online. But um, it was called, I always just called the song Happy Little Land. And it was just very like, you know, it was very light. It was like, red is the color of it. And so I was like, I like that. I like that kind of dainty. She had like a very dainty childlike kind of atmospheric kind of thing. And I was like, I want to do like a you know, almost like a children blockish kind of, like, I just knew I wanted to do something like that, like very big, you know, but that started from that. I was like, okay, that's a great way to, you know, uh, do a nice, you know, Nina work, but also play around. And, you know, I included some land in there too. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of, yeah, put in there, but that's how that started. And sometimes they're titled afterwards. I did one piece called Twinkling Silence. That was the title of a poem of the um, subject I had painted. She's a performance artist. Her name's Nicole Goodwin and she does poetry. And I didn't know what to title the piece beforehand. Um, so I just, I was like, can I just, she has a book of poems. And I just, you know, um, read through them and I stopped at one and it just worked perfectly, you know, because it was a lot about like, you know, what is, it was a short poem too. It was like, 
if if my body was an instrument, you know, what sounds would you hear? Like, what sounds would you play? And it was kind of like, um, and the painting itself, if you look at it, it's like, you know, this very grand. I think someone in the comments like, I hear a bass and uh, <laughs> like, you know, like That's a grand great. instrument. And I was like, yes, you're definitely getting it. Like, you, you got it. That's exactly what I was going for with that connection to the title. So sometimes they start and then sometimes, you know, at the end, but... Usually they're pretty frank, so I'm working on having funner titles. I like I like fun titles. Yes. So, and how would you define your practice? I would define my practice. I would say it's you know it, well it's portraiture, figuration. Um, I would say it's obviously collage. Um, I think a little bit some there's some mixed media aspects. I use a lot of different materials in my work that have been integrated, you know, and it continues to grow. I also, I would say there's a craft aspect to it and there's um, obviously like a, I don't want to say traditional, but it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's formal work, I would say. That's how I would define it. But it, it, it references art history as well. It's art historical. What materials do you use in your work? I use a lot of different materials. I, I my main basis is surround. I, I, I'm a paper maker. I love handmade paper. I love the process, and um, I always use um, at least some handmade paper in my work. That that uh, involves different fibers. I use kozo fibers, more of the bark fiber, and a Japanese fiber, abaca, cotton, hemp, all types of those kind of fiber works. I mean, fiber material. And I also use leather and suede and beads sometimes. Pretty much anything I can find. That's why it's pretty, um, it's like either found material or it's created material. But it always, I, I, I like to use a lot of different material. I think it adds a certain depth to the surface and um, to the figures where it's like almost, um, I forgot what it's called, where you see a certain thing and you can feel it in your body, like, or you can imagine touching it, you know, that tactileness. I like to manipulate the paper to create that kind of relief aspects where it's almost like a living, breathing vessel kind of image that is like, you know, felt through the screen. And how would you define Black art? Oh, I feel, uh, I define Black art as a total vibe. It's just like a total, it's like a, it's like a spiritual, poetic conversation that exists. It's like a, it's like a formed, it's like a ongoing conversation, Black art. It's like, it it exists, you know, yeah, spiritually, I, mm. I, I believe. It's like something that you connect to. I think all people can connect to Black art, but... Black artists um, especially are, uh, you can feel it in the room. Like I said, when I, when I, said, when I was in that, uh, in Mastery, I was in the show with Carrie Jones Marshall show. It was, it just was a rapport throughout the space. It was just, it felt, uh, you know, Black culture, Black faces, Black stories, Black history, you know, but it was, it wasn't all encompassing. It was expansive. And so that's where it's like, just continues to go be ongoing. It's just, yeah, it's a vibe. It's just a vibe. <laughs> yeah, a vibe I love very much. Uh, do you feel your audience understands your work? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I haven't actually thought much about audience understanding the work, but I, I think it um, and now in terms of my the language I've been building within my own work and the, the more I definitely um, 
the conversations that I have with myself have become more clear. You know, before I could, couldn't really um, explain why I wanted certain things and I'm starting to get better at that, but I, it definitely comes across, which is wonderful. I think that has to do with the impact of work. I think upon seeing a work, it ha either has an impact or it doesn't. And for the most part, you know, or the individuals that support my work, I, I think they support it because they're they're in tune to what I'm trying to get across. You know, like like they could tell me something about I love hearing about back from from someone about my work because it kind of tells me what something I can't I wasn't putting to words, something that I felt while creating, but you know, it's hard to pinpoint it in the moment. And so when it's finished and it's out there, it's kind of like, yeah, that's what I was feeling when I was, <laughs> when I was doing that. It was, it was something uplifting. It was something, you know, nostalgic. It was something, um, you know, I get a lot of different comments where they're like, you know, um, your work is it either, you know, reminds me of a certain time or for a certain family member or a certain story or, or just a feeling or it's, or, or they just, the, they just find it the beauty that I, I cherish beauty. So, you know, I always am trying to insert my love of beauty and, and art history and, and form um, formalism into, into work that is impactful and that is um, very powerful. So sometimes they just, you know, take to that and they're just inspired by that. And that's, that's like, um, I think that's definitely, I can't ask for anything more than that. I mean, as at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so what are you excited about now? I'm definitely excited about, you know, like continuing my practice in this serious manner that I've been partaking in the past few years. It's, I, I, I really want to continue. I want to see this where I am now, 10 years from now. I can, I'm excited for that because, you know, it's, it's going to be definitely difficult, but I'm excited at the challenge because I feel like I'm in a, but in terms of my work, I just feel like I'm I'm so excited to experiment and learn and continue. I'm I'm excited at what's to come. I just at everything. It's like the shows, the the traveling, you know. But yeah, I'm excited to see where my my work's gonna go because I definitely don't like to stay in one place. I'd love to experiment with all types of things, you know. What do you feel is the purpose of art? Um, I believe the purpose of art is to challenge oneself, to um, confront, confront yourself, inspire, and to connect with people. I think that's what the purpose of art is. I think it's to, to create the act of creating and also the act of creating your, your legacy, what you're, what you're leaving behind. I, I think not necessarily it needs to have a legacy, but I think, I think, you know, art's, art's purpose is to record, you know, time, this time in history, and to be a part of an ongoing conversation and language that spans many, many years, and it's internal. So, yeah, I believe art to be purposeful towards that kind of spiritual connection with that inner part of you that um, just yearns to connect with another and be understood. So... It's kind of um, an abstract meaning. <laughs> this has been a great interview. I've enjoyed it very much. This is our last question. And that is, what do you feel is your role as an artist? 
My role as an artist is to be honest. I think that's the role of an artist, to be honest and be honest about your abilities, your limitations, your um, advantages, your work, and to just seek to convey honesty and truth, you know, um, as you, as far as you can see it at whatever, whichever point you're at, you know, um, it becomes more and more clear as time goes on. I think that's, I think that's the most important role of an artist to make work that is, you know, just honest. Yeah. Yeah, I love that answer. We'd live in a much more wonderful world if we were all honest. <laughs> right, right. It really is the key. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really have enjoyed our conversation. Yes, thank you so much, Phyllis. I definitely enjoyed this talk. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram. 